Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. The big problem, I suppose, in this country is housing. And despite two more areas being designated rent pressure zones, TDs have renewed calls for an immediate rent freeze as an alternative measure to address Ireland's rising rents. Rent pressure zones uh, laws were introduced in this country by the government in December 2016 and are aimed at basically tackling the spiralling rents by capping annual rent rises by 4% in certain areas. Now, Sinn Féin's housing spokesperson, Owen O'Brien, has said that, however, the RPZ, the rent pressure zones, laws are not working. And he's calling for an immediate three-year rent freeze to be introduced across the state. Like a, a complete national rent freeze. He said this is a time for a measured response to a crisis that has long passed. Now, nobody is talking about the massive tax bills for landlords which are being passed on to tenants. Uh, this is why we have huge rents increases in the first place in a lot of cases. Meanwhile, the vulture funds, or investment companies, are paying practically zero tax while buying up properties all over the country. If they freeze rent, uh, for example, the increases, more landlords are likely to leave the market and sell up to the investment companies, which will make matters worse. So the rent controls, by the way, have never worked. I don't believe they've ever worked in any state that have used them. There is no doubt that there is a supply and demand issue on housing and places to live. But expecting the private sector and landlords to be the sacrificial lamb, I suppose, to rush out and sort out the housing problem for the government... And that responsibility is completely unrealistic. And the government needs to stop blaming everybody else, including the landlords, uh, making them out to be bad cops, so to speak, while taking the focus off the real issue. And let's think outside the box. This is just my plan. Think outside the box. Stop handing out HAP or HAP schemes like Smarties for cities and restricted to satellite towns. This in turn would reduce the demand in the cities, reduce the asking prices automatically. There aren't... The problem is we don't have the political balls in this country to actually fix the problem because the government are pandering to lefty independents uh, and uh, Sinn Féin as well who think everybody should be able to live wherever they want. But I want to know, do you agree with this idea by Sinn Féin and Ono Breen? Do you agree with Ono Breen? Do you believe that we should have a national rent freeze. In other words, for the next three years, no matter where you're renting, the rent cannot go up. It would be illegal to increase the rent. Is that a good idea? Let me know what you think. Yes, you think it's a good idea. It might solve a problem. It might help. 87 188 That's 87 Will it help? Uh, well, one man who probably knows the answer to that question because he studies property uh, in great detail is Carl Dieter from the Irish Mortgage Brokers. Uh, Carl, good afternoon to you. Oh, Carl, are you there? Oh, hold on a second, Carl. I have to put you on here for some reason. All my lines switched over. Sorry, Carl, go ahead. You're lucky. I just said a load of curse words there that didn't go out over the airwaves. <laughs> what, in relation to rent freezes? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you should have heard me, yeah. Well, thankfully you didn't. We didn't break any rules today. Uh, yeah, rent freezes, look, of course they're a silly idea. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same as saying... Golly, I, I can't even make it the same as saying, because it's just such a silly idea. Like, what would that do? And the thing that they're, they're telling us is that, look, it's not working because the rent cap is 4% and rents went up 8%. But that's because that's how rents are measured. You see, what they haven't told you, and the way that that headline comes about, is that everyone who's already renting is only getting a rent increase of 4%. But when they bring new property onto the market for the first time, that can go out at any price it wants, all right? Mm -hmm. And the index that they measure looks at the increase in new property prices. In fact, they're going up by far greater amounts than the the 4%. So what it tells you, 
And this is the interesting thing, is it tells you the reverse. It tells you that if new properties coming on are getting these really high rents, then it's, it's proof that the rent caps don't work because they are going up by so much more due to the fact that there's no property because the rent caps aren't working. Well, but it, but is, the, is part of the problem, I mean, look, people talk about vulture funds or investment companies as they're better now, but vulture funds is the, the kind of nickname now, which makes them out to be the bad people. These gamblers, these speculators that come into our country and practically get away with paying, zero, well, when I say zero tax, very little tax, going out and buying up whole developments and renting them out for whatever they want because they know there's a demand out there. I mean, is that, is that affecting... It's a sideshow, you know, it's, it's just noise, it's something, I'll put it to you this way, let's say a, a, a vulture fund comes in and buys 1,500 properties and everyone says, oh, this is a disgrace, they own all this property now. That property is still going to go into the rental market, you know, so it's still going to go to people, it's not as if it evaporates, it's not like they're, they're putting it under a rug. But let's have but a But a lot of them are talk. hoarding it as well, Carl. A lot, of them, a lot of these companies are hoarding properties and they're not actually even renting them out. Well... I, I haven't seen widespread evidence of that. They might be empty while they're, they're getting rented out, but I think that we'd be far better off talking about something we can control, which is the biggest landlord in the country. Let's look at the likes of Dublin City Council. They own 26,000 properties in the city of Dublin, okay? And in those houses, uh, we have thousands of examples where one person is living in a two, three, and four-bedroom home on their own, and that is completely wrong because those houses should be for families. And instead, you've got one person sitting there and they're paying feck all too because the way that council rents are done, everyone always gets on and says, oh, you know, I live in a council house. I pay my rent. They don't really. I mean, they do pay a rent. You're paying a subsidized pay. rent. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's an example for you. Give me two wages for a couple living in a council house. Just pick some numbers out of the air. 34,000. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, twenty nine thousand. Okay, so if those people are in the private sector, they just have to go rent a house for whatever. But if they were to rent, say, if they happen to have a four bed house in Dublin, do you know what their rent would be? Probably two thousand two hundred, is it? Well, if you're renting from the council, it's four hundred and fourteen euros. Oh, well, yeah, but if you were to rent privately, it'd be just over two grand. But we're given a couple. This is what I'm trying to say: is we're given a couple who have a combined income of over sixty thousand. A four-bed house for a hundred euro a week—that's totally wrong. This housing crisis is a joke. You know, Dublin City Council is only making seventy-eight million a year in rents, and there's loads of arrears, loads of problems because people won't even pay those rents. What about what about the twenty-five million that we're spending per month? I believe on the HAP scheme, for example. I mean, this money is being basically going into landlords' pockets. Yes, of course, landlords have to pay bills. I'm not making landlords out to be the bad guys. But it's going into, I mean, this is just my suggestion. I don't know whether you agree with it, Carl, but it's going into the city. So instead of it going into satellite towns and, you know, suburban parts of cities, it's, it's going in directly into the city where people need those properties. So if we turned around and said, right, as they did with Ballymun, for example, you now can't get rent. At one stage, you couldn't get rent allowance for Ballymun because they didn't. They were trying to change, I suppose, the social climate in the area. And the, the, the idea is, I suppose, that you want to, a lot of people that would be claiming rent allowance or would be claiming HAP schemes, many would be unemployed, not all, but many would be unemployed. And to try to, to, I suppose, separate people, I suppose, and have different classes of people in different areas rather than creating another Ballymun, which we did 40 years ago. So the idea that you give HAP scheme for properties, say, two-bedroom apartments or three-bedroom houses in the centre of a city seems quite bizarre to me when you don't need to do that. But the majority of those people don't need to be in a city. 
Yeah, well, I, I, I do have some, some sympathy with, with HAP, and I'll tell you why. Is for a start, is you can work and get a housing assistance payment. So it could be someone who works, mm-hmm. but they're, they're just a lower-paid worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 50% of all the money that we spend on that goes straight back to the government anyway. So when you hear that cost, because the tax on, on property income is greater than 50% quite often, it's like half the price anyway. But did, was it asking to pay me the other day that said 3,000 people on Happer in arrears? In massive well, that, arrears? Oh, yeah. Well, that, well that's because they're not paying their portion. That's not the government not paying. Mm. The, the government pays the landlord directly with HAP, but the person living in the property could not be paying their portion, and that would cause arrears. Mm. There's another question to be asked of why do we, why do we help support people who were unemployed, never going to work, to live bang in the middle of the city while we get people who are working hard doing, you know, two-hour commutes every day? That's another question. That's a really awkward one because then but people how do you get their fix back that? up. How do you fix that? Because there isn't, as I mentioned already in the intro, there isn't a political will to fix that because you've got the, well, I suppose, the, the, the independents and Sinn Féin's out there want people to live wherever they want to live. Yeah, but you have to remember, Sinn Féin will always appeal to a certain type of electorate who are usually economically illiterate and who want what they want and they don't want to have to pay for it. That's kind of the way that Sinn Féin market themselves. Now, obviously... They're a good party when it comes to, you know, civil wars and things like that. But on the economics, they're just not prepared to run anything other than, you know, maybe a piss up. We have to get back to some of the facts that matter here. We actually do have a lot of housing that is underused. So we have housing that is empty, that's above shops. That should be taxed heavily. We should actually increase property tax in order to build more homes. We should have, you know... Well, you're talking about almost like a bedroom tax like they have in the UK. Yeah, and people say, oh, that's wrong. In fact, I was given a, given a talk last night myself and uh, Peter McVeary over in, uh, in Ranala, and I, that's what I said, and people were like, oh, you can't do that. You know, I might be asset rich and cash poor, and I said, yes, but you're still a millionaire, and that's why I don't really feel too bad for you. Yes, but I'd have to sell yeah, but, the house but, to yeah, get but, that million. But, but he's talking about, you know, somebody like, you know, Mary, who might be a widower. She's living in a four-bedroom house. It might be in Rat Mines or somewhere nice. When I say somewhere nice, somewhere that's expensive to live in. And, you know, she's lived there all her life. You can't suddenly turn around and say, we want you to pay, you know, a grand in tax a year for your four, three spare bedrooms. I don't see why not. But like, mor- why, morally, why? people can't, they, they just can't suffer that. You know what I mean? People lo- listen to you say that. And although it makes, very economic, it makes economic sense, they're saying, well, you know, you just can't do that to people. Of course you can. Like, the, here, if it's a private thing. home. Now, if, it, if it's social housing and council no, houses, absolutely no, here, you can do it. Here's, you, no, you can do it if it's a private home. You just say, look, it's like this. We know that a large part of the reason why people hold on to their homes, they all say, oh, it would move if there was somewhere to go. They actually wouldn't. They just like what they have and they don't want to be arsed. So something that you could do is say, yeah, the property tax is five grand a year. Now, if you choose not to pay it because we understand that's a lot of money, then you don't have to. But we're going to put it against your house as a charge. And when you die, we'll take it that way. Easy. Well, I don't think people would uh, run with that one. They would think you're a bit, a bit, mar- mar- a bit, yeah, bit mercenary yeah. there, Carl. No, it's not. Well, let's... Okay. Well, I, I mean, so, don't get me wrong. I personally don't. But I know, I know that it just wouldn't wash with the citizens. Now, think about this. Say they have a house that's worth a million euro that they probably paid, you know, say, £29,000 for back in 1975. Mm -hmm. They've been living debt-free. All the increase in the value of that house mostly comes from public spending. So it's things like the Lewis, things like public infrastructure, bus lanes, parks, all the public expenditure that goes into that, 
that then creates a large part of that value and we never get it back, okay? So now what you're saying is you're living in this place where but we do we do get it, we do get it back if it's ever sold in capital gains. No, there's no capital gains. No, on I'm a saying if it's, ever, if, it's being, if it's being sold on, if it's a second home being sold on, you will get it in capital gains. No, I'm saying on your main home. Okay, it's capital gains tax free. So all of that million, they could have tomorrow and not pay a penny of tax, and they won't do that either. They say, oh well, there's nowhere for me to go. Nonsense. You could buy a small apartment almost anywhere for below a million in this town. It's about your mentality. That's the thing that people need to get over. Is we need to tackle this thought that. Once you buy a property, that's your statement for life. You now own it outright, and it's sacrosanct. It isn't. It's sacrosanct to the extent that people shouldn't be able to take it from you or, or jump all over your, 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 your home and just say, too bad. But when it comes to the tax authority, that is absolutely how it works in most other countries in the world, and they don't end up with the kind of housing crisis we end up with, which is loads of land, Loads of people who can build it and yet no houses. Do you, do you agree, Carl, with the term housing crisis? Of course I do. Okay, so you, you genuinely, because there are people out there, similar to yourselves, who have different theories about how we should fix this, because it is a multifaceted problem, that they believe it's not actually a crisis, it's just bad distribution. Well, you see, that, that gets into it. There, there is the question of, if you're living in Dublin, should you be told, look, we'll house you, but go live in Leitrim. That is well, there's seven thousand houses vacant at least. Yeah, and that that is a brutal form of displacement, which I I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with. But if someone well, said, why, why, why wouldn't you, well, why wouldn't you agree with it? You just well, yeah, but hang on, why wouldn't you agree with it? You've just agreed with taxing old ladies, uh, so why wouldn't you agree with it? I mean, if you have Mary and two kids, you know, living in the centre of the city in a three bedroom apartment or a three bedroom house, which is probably worth you know seven hundred grand and is being paid for by the council and is on a subsidised rent and she's not working and no intention of working so what's the difference why don't we give her a nice house in Leitrim so what difference would it make um, I suppose if, if they wanted to do that and there was some level of voluntary element to it you could or you could make them pay a more appropriate rent or you know one thing but they can't afford a more appropriate rent they're living on welfare I'm talking about an example of somebody living on welfare they can't afford a more appropriate rent that's all they can afford yeah allegedly. well then I would just I, you might have to tell them, look, maybe we, we do have to charge slightly higher rents here and uh, there's an incentive there and we'll help you get a much nicer house. It'll be a better place, better place to raise your kids. Do you want me to read out some of the texts that are coming in? I, I already know what they're going to say, but yeah, hit me with them. Yeah, mouthpiece for the government. Does he work for Fianna Fáil? Carl Third Reich General. Uh, <laughs> I could go on. They're quite insulting. It's all well and good right. for him. He probably owns a nice house in a leafy suburb. Um, you know, I mean, people, is that Irish begrudgery or jealousy or what is it? You, you know what it is? It's just this thing that there's certain conversations you can never have in this country. And one of them is about getting beyond our innate inability to do things right. <clears throat> there's always been a belief in this country that, you know, uh, you, you can't do this, you can't do that. And no one will even contemplate an alternative Here's the thing, Niall. Travel the world and you will see the property tax in other countries 
works exactly the way I'm describing but, but, it. Yeah, but you look you at, you, but hang on, no, no, Carl, look, look, look at the United States. Look at the, you've got Texas, which I think is the highest property tax in the United States, right? You've got mm-hmm. a lot of the southern states are very high property tax rates, right? You've got old couples, you know, pensioners who've probably remortgaged their homes to pay for their daughters and sons' college fees in the first place, right? They're working in Walmart and JC JCPenney's uh, just so they can pay their property tax at the end of the year. And they're paying property tax of probably four to five grand dollars every single year for their house that they've paid for all their lives. That doesn't okay. sound fair, does it? Okay, let's, let, let's just talk about a couple of things within that last remark. So you have this couple and they're old. Automatically, that means you can't ask them to do anything because God forbid you, you talk about old people. I don't buy into that. They remortgage their house to send their kids to school. That was their choice, okay? No one forced them to do that. You don't even need to go to college to be successful for a start. You could do something like accountancy, doesn't require college. You could be a pilot, doesn't require college. There's plenty of ways to get ahead, but they made that choice and they made that financial decision and now they're paying the price of that. That's called reality. Okay, but what about about taxing them? I mean, whatever about the remortgaging, what about taxing them? I mean, taxing them four or five grand on a house they've paid for all their lives? I mean, would you because really? that's not what the tax is for. The tax is for all the municipal services that give that house the value. Like, let's put it realistically. Yeah, but B, yeah, but yeah. And somebody had a qu- question you on what you said earlier on, that yes, I understand the state is the one that increases the value of your home by providing services in the area. But in saying that, the guy uh, is saying here, people have lived in their homes all their lives. They're paying tax all their lives. So invariably, they're paying for those services. They're p- in their income tax, they're paying for that Lewis line. They're no, paying they're for not. the local library, they're the not. school, everything else. Okay, they're not. They never have. The income tax, that's never... Local authorities were never paid by income tax. No, I, under- I understand that, but they believe they're paying tax. Well, then they believe wrong. They and they're believe paying the VAT on food. They're paying, uh, you know, property taxes. They're paying... A lot, of f- a lot of food has no VAT. Look, people are going to cripe and bitch no matter what you do. That's the world we live in. There is two ways you can look at this world. You can say, oh, it should be this way. It ought to be this way. Or you can look at how the world is. And that's the thing that we need to get back to, is you might not like it if you don't go somewhere else. And be happy and free and run in the forest and, you know, jump (laughs) in the air. But get over this nonsense of thinking you can have it all for nothing. The world does not work that way. So the world owes you nothing. It never works that way. No one you. owes you nothing. All right, you know what? The only one who owes you something is you. Go out there and do something wonderful with your life and make a difference. After that, you're on your own. Thank you, Carl Dieter from Irish Mortgage Brokers. Thanks for coming on the air. Okay, Carl doesn't agree with rent freezes. Stephen, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Stephen? Yeah, go on, um, well, Carl had a lot to say there, but evidently he doesn't agree with rent freezes. He doesn't believe it solves the problem. It would actually make the problem worse. Yeah, I'd have to agree with him. Um, I knew the rent freeze or the 4% that never worked because all a landlord has to do is say, I'm putting up a new wall in between two rooms and he can get them out and just charge what he likes the next time. So there was a massive loophole there from day one and it's still there. Now, getting back to the rent freeze, um, I think that's highly unfair on landlords because market dictates the price. So if we have another crash due to Brexit, the, the rents could go through the floor and all Mm-hmm. And people have been losing their short-term property for the last 10 years due to recession. Nobody was saying uh, we'll have a rent freeze going down, did they? So you just have to take the good with the bad. That's the way the world works. But a lot of people are saying, well, hang on, we just can't 
uh, afford these rising rents. For example, you know, and we've got, you're in a lucky situation, so am I. We, we have a home, right? And it's a mortgage at a fixed rate or whatever it is that you're going to be paying for the rest of your life. You're pretty sure it's not going to go up too much or down too much, unless, of course, interest rates go through the roof, which they did 30 year, 25 years ago. Hopefully that's not going to happen again. But in saying that, there are people out there paying a rent, 1800 Then it goes up to 2000 2200 for a three-bed house in the middle of Dublin. I mean, th- there's a limit to what people can afford. What do they say? 30% of your salary should be the max you should pay for somewhere to live. I mean, it's more than that for a lot of people now. It's 50%. So why is every other capital country around the world the same, Noel? It's supply and demand. The rich will always get the best of the best. That's the way it works. They'll have to move out to the community or build or whatever they want. But they, see, they, and I agree with you, but I, I, I'm, I'm just challenging your point here because I completely agree with what you're saying. The problem we have in this country is that we have liberal left parties and liberal left independent uh, politicians who are telling people they can live wherever they want. The landlord, and he never stops moaning about things about private landlords. I don't get that word. Okay, well, of course, obviously his missus is involved in politics as well. Uh, and and, and they, they both come from a very liberal, liberal view, viewpoint. The same as Sinn Féin, and we've heard Sinn Féin and Ruth Coppinger and many others, you know, more or less suggest to people that you should be able to live wherever you want to live and wherever your kids happen to be. Now, obviously, within reason, uh, but you should be able to. I'm, I, I just don't agree with this notion. I think cities like London, for example... Uh, can become unaffordable for those on lower income. And that's just life, as Carla's saying. It is life. And uh, the, the, the left are always going to challenge the wealthy. That's, that, that's our number one objective, Noel. They're always going to have something to bitch about because we don't have it and they have it. These people didn't get it for nothing. They went out hard, worked their asses off, now, we know there's a certain few in society that are born with a silver spoon, but 95% of people that have money earned it. Okay, so, so your thinking is there's nothing unfair about, you know, Johnny with a good job who lives, you know, close to the, a mile away from the city, which is great for him to get in and out to work, and Mary or Johnny with a, a job that doesn't pay quite as well, only paying about 25, 30 grand, having to live out in, say, Balbriggan. There's nothing wrong with that as far as you're concerned. That's just the way it is. That's life, and it's not me making the rules. That's society in general, Noel. As I said to you, the, the cream of the crop are always going to get the best in society. So you make, you walk your ass off to get into that bracket. All right, well, I, I, no, I agree with you. Unfortunately, you've got these political parties and these independents who are looking for some sort of socialist society. Sure, I'm going to get lashed. Me and Kyle will be getting lashed for the next hour. I know we will. All right, okay, listen, thanks for that, Stephen. After the break, by the way, I do want to talk to somebody who works for an investment company or some people call them vulture funds. You can let us know uh, what you think. Should there be rent freezes? Uh, the government is calling, Ono Breen is calling for a national rent freeze. He said the time for a measured response to this crisis has long passed. And it's time now for a national rent freeze. Bit harsh, isn't it, on landlords? Let me know what you think. Uh, the number is 087 uh, Carl spoke a whole load of sense now, but sadly nobody will listen to him because they think he's mad. Another person says, hi now, uh, Carl is a little bit harsh, uh, but I do agree with him. I'm a working class young man. I'm not well off uh, my stretch of imagination. Uh, off uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but economically, he is correct in my opinion, says Conor Nace. Well, he more or less reiterated what I said in a lot more words. Uh, but Carl obviously is quite knowledgeable about the property market in general. Uh, Jesus now, did I um, live in a different country for the last 10 years uh, to your callers? Another person says, Carl should be the minister. Uh, it's so refreshing to hear the truth for once. 
I'm an accidental landlord and it costs me over 5000 a year out of my own pocket to keep the rented property. I can't wait uh, to offload it to a vulture fund, says Matt. Well, I suppose the argument people make, Matt, is that it is a capital investment. And although it's, you're paying your five grand a year, you still have your capital investment, haven't you? Which you can sell off at some point. So you have a little nest egg for yourself. I'm looking at a property that somebody sent me a link to here in Rap Mines. 1,550 euro. And I'll be honest with you, it's a square room. And it has a bunk bed, obviously, to make a little bit more space, to make it look more spacious. Uh, the kitchen is kind of under the <laughs> under the bunk bed. And there's a washing machine and just crammed in there somewhere in a fridge in the fireplace. I have never seen anything like it. And I'll be honest with you, that's um, that's astonishing. But the thing about it is, the market is being dictated. These people can do this. So this house is divided up into 10 rooms. And this person who's renting out over these rooms in this large house... It's probably making about, I don't know, if, it, if you're dividing up into 10 rooms, they're probably making about 10 grand a month, maybe. I don't know if there's six rooms in the place or seven rooms in the place. So out of one house, that's incredible. So some landlord is probably making a lot of money. But fair play to him. That's what life is all about, isn't it? Being inventive, making money, and he's taking advantage of a market. But the market wouldn't be there if we actually listened to what Carl said and what I said at the start of the show. We created that market. Our government has created that market. And more so, the lefties have created that market. Because we shouldn't be given rent allowance, as it was before, our HAP scheme, uh, to people to live in a city. They should be living on the outskirts of a city, not in the centre of a city. Particularly people who we, we can assess individuals who have no means and no desire to ever work. Or maybe they don't have the means to work. They should be living outside the city. There's no reason for them to live in a city. That, in turn, would free up properties in the city, which, in turn, by the laws of supply and demand, would reduce the prices for everybody else who wanted to work and live in the city. That's the way it works. Freezing rent is not the answer. As Carl rightly pointed out, it will have the opposite effect. Let me go to Mick. Mick, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Mick? Good, Niall. How are you? Oh, Mick, nice to talk to you. We normally talk to you at night when you're burning the yeah. midnight oil. I'm well. I'm in Hartford, Connecticut today, so it's uh, okay. A little bit easier to. But just to, to tell me, but you, you come on the nighttime show every now and again because you're back and forward to Ireland quite a lot. But you are involved in what people call a vulture fund. Uh, I'm a vulture. You're true. a vulture. You evil, evil man. Um, so you're in an investment company. Yeah, but yeah, they've we, they've we, got a bad reputation now, Mick, haven't they? Um, well, if you're on the receiving end, they do. If you're on the uh, giving end. Not so much. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, first of all, what I'll say is there is no property crisis or housing crisis in Ireland. There is an attitude crisis. Um, just like you're, you know, and Carl is, man, he's he's very soft. He's got a he's got a toughen up. He's got to become a little tougher. I thought he was his pretty attitude, tough. Yeah, no, his attitude's pretty soft. He's got to get a little bit harsher. Look, the basic fact is, you have a population who have been lulled into this view that they have the right to live where they want to live. Nobody has a right to live where they want to live. They have a right to live where they can afford to live. And in no country in the world, if you're a social welfare recipient, could you live in the capital city, let alone the the poshest part of the capital city. Well, so, well in, Amer- in America, in New York and places like Chicago, you have what they call Section 5. Isn't that what they call it? Social housing is Section 5 or whatever they call yeah. it over there? And some of them are in cities. Although they're in the city, all right, but they're not in the nicest part of the city. 
listen, I could take you to some Section 8 housing in, Section 8, in, yeah. Sorry. in New York, and uh, yeah, you may not make it out alive. So they're but, ghettos. Yeah, of course they are. You but, go to we, we, yeah, but yeah, we, we don't want that either. No, we, we had but, that here 30 years ago. We created, say, Ballymun, for example, and sure. certain areas of Dublin where we put a lot of people with the same social class into an area, and then we had massive crime rates, and we wondered why. And let me ask you this. Who was in charge of building all of those housing estates? Well, it was Dublin Corporation at the time. That's for, right. Yeah. The government. And what? who is the least efficient or who is the worst organization to ever do anything? The government. They're what we refer to in the states as the unprofitable sector. So what you need to do is get the government out of this. You need to get private individuals involved. And you need to get the government all the way out. You know, the one thing that never gets talked about in Ireland is the little uh, economic uh, steroid that the Irish government have called the stamp duty. And that is what is creating the so-called housing crisis in your country. But it also created the Celtic Tiger, if we go back to 2005, when stamp duty was a lot higher. And we were were making billions on stamp duty. Sure. And look how well it worked out for the country. Absolutely. Your government is addicted to its stamp duty revenue, and it needs to get rid of it. Because while that's the case, it's not going to be profitable for people to build and maintain properties. That's why... There is over a million and a half empty square feet of commercial office space in Dublin because it's more profitable for builders to build offices than it is to build homes. So what do we do with, you know, Johnny and Mary and two kids and they're not working and whatever, for whatever reason, they're not planning on working. Um, what what do you do? You can't just say, well, we're going to turf you out into a field in the middle of, as we mentioned, Leitrim a few times, Roscommon or whatever it is, where property prices are cheaper, where it's easier to build. What what do we do with them? Well, what you say to them is you say, hey, listen, you're given X number of euro per month for housing. You need to go find a place that will have that, that will sustain that standard of living. But my, or, kid, but my kids need to go to the local school. Uh, my mother you know, is too far away and uh, somebody has to mind the kids if I have to go out and get a part-time job. And You know what? My, my mom used to always tell my sisters, a man is not a lifestyle choice. And in Ireland, unfortunately, there's a whole generation of young women who have been told a child is a lifestyle choice. A child is a way to get a house, to get a medical card, to get ahead in life. And if all of a sudden that carpet is pulled out from underneath them, you're going to see a lot more socially conscious, uh, smarter decisions being made. But there, there isn't a political will to pull the carpet out. Well, and that's why I say you don't have There's a no crisis in Ireland. You have an attitude problem. Well, we'll stay there because I want to go to Robbie as well. Stay with me, Mick. Uh, Mick works for an investment company or some people call them vulture funds. Uh, Robbie, you're on Classic Kids. Go ahead, Robbie. I would call them vulture funds. You call look, them vulture funds. Okay. Yeah, look, I mean, the whole thing he's talking there, it was profit and profit and profit. And we're talking about Johnny and Mary with the two kids and the single mother with the three kids and whatever. But here's a question now as well. What about the Johnny and Mary who both work, who have the two kids and can't afford to get themselves a house? This is one of well, the... Well, 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 Mick's, no, well no, Mick's no, answer to that is they just don't live in the city. That's... The problem is that we, the houses aren't there as well because we're not building those type of affordable houses for those type of people. You've got the people who are buying the private houses, and the private sector is not going to solve all this problem, by the way. You know, the government does have to step in because I think it's reneging on its, pro- on its 
being the government of the country that, that deploy housing for people. And the social but, but, I just, To argue your point, there is affordable housing. It's just not in a city. But there's not enough of it. That's another problem you but, have But there's plenty of us. There's loads of affordable housing all over the country. It's just not in cities. Niall, there are over 250,000 empty units in this country today. 250,000. That's your housing crisis gone immediately. But they don't want them, Robbie. <laughs> There's 7,000, I mentioned Leeds some other time, 7,000 vacant houses in Leeds. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it out. Everybody wants them. You know, I can pull that magic figure out of the air as well and say that not everybody wants them or everybody does want them. The problem here is that the, the likes of the private houses, the people being priced out of the private houses, and then you've got the social houses that people are getting. And those people who are stuck in the middle cannot afford to um, get on either or either of those lists. Now, you take... Johnny and Mary with the two kids who both work in Dublin, or they both work in, say, Kildare Town, or they work in Cork City. So they can't afford to buy a house, so you're telling them, move to Tipperary, give you grant. So you've already got that problem coming back from the Celtic Tiger when people have to move out of Dublin as well, and they're, they're sitting on the motorways for two hours backwards and forwards every day of the week. If you had some sort of national plan where we took away the attitude that Mick talks about and said, OK, over the next 10 years, people who don't need to be in a city, we're going to slowly decentralise them out of a city. I'm not saying start, let's start kicking people out of the house. We've come up with plans to do this. That in turn would free up units in Cork City, which in turn would reduce the prices, which in turn would make it more affordable for those who are actually working to buy those properties. And maybe I'm wrong because, Mick, am I wrong because sometimes the laws of supply and demand don't work when it comes to property? No, they always work. What happens is governments get in the way. So the largest purchaser of houses in Ireland is Dublin City Council. Okay, They are buying every available property because they have an ever-growing house. You, well, you guys are buying yeah, quite a lot of them, the, too, the vulture yeah, funds. Yeah, I was going to say that. No, and no, the rest no, no, of them no, no. are just we, individual we, purchases as well. So if the Dublin City Council buy two houses, then obviously Joe and Josephine Soap buying one house is going to be one purchase. So of course they would be. The vulture funds are coming in and buying up estates. No. I mean, you know, Mick, you can't deny that there's developments uh, at the moment in Balbriggan, for example, which are being bought by vulture funds and rented out at high prices. No. That, that was the case from 2010 up to about 2016, 2017. The no. largest purchaser now of properties in Ireland is Dublin City Council. They are buying all cash properties. And they're buying at prices that it doesn't make sense for us to buy at. Why would I pay for a council house in Tala 400,000 euro? It makes no sense for me. I'm looking to get a 30% return in three to four years and then flip the house. How many, how many, how many, Mick, how many houses are you responsible for? Uh, we've got about 8,000 units. And if Dublin City Council or any other county council are not looking to flip houses, so their investment is going to be a long-term investment because they could have somebody living in that house for 50 sure, years. Sure, but that's irrelevant because they're driving it's not a, up the price. No, it is irrelevant. You're, you're talking about it's irrelevant for you because you want to flip houses and sell yeah, houses. Well, that, well, in fairness, Robbie, that's his business. Yeah, I know, but the point that he's saying it's irrelevant, so I say his business is irrelevant. Is that okay, then? Now, what I'm saying here is the city councils will buy houses for the long-term purchase. You're buying houses for the short term to make a profit on it. That's but the difference. It, that's irrelevant. What they're doing is, is they're buying up the supply. So all of a sudden, the houses, the price of the houses is going up. And so people who are trying to buy privately all of a sudden have less to pick from, 
supply goes down, price goes up. It's economics. Well, so, so the point that, the point that he's trying to make is they're buying these houses, and they I mean, and you know Robbie as well as I do, they are buying houses at extortionate rates. They're they're fixing up. Look at what they call the flats there in the city. I can't remember the name of there. Recently, they spent half a million per apartment doing them up for people who will pay a subsidised rent. They could have been sold privately. Those people then could have been given a nice house on a subsidised rent somewhere else outside the city. It doesn't make sense. What we're doing is not making sense. What we're doing is pandering to people who want to live where they believe they have a right to live. And, you know, as Mick, and I think Carl rightly points out, you can live anywhere you want if you can afford it. But you don't have a right to live somewhere when you can't afford it. You, you have a right to housing, you have a right to a home, a right to a roof over your head. But when, you, when you're not paying for it, well, then it's up to somebody else to decide where you live. Now, can I point out this? You mentioned that this housing issue is a, is a multifaceted problem. It's really three issues. One is there is a big supply problem because of government policies, major, the majority of which is the stamp duty. Secondly, there is a major economic imbalance on this island. Everybody wants to live in the greater Dublin area because that's where the lion's share of jobs are. Again, or, or, well, anyone of four cities, I suppose, Cork, Limerick, Galway, Dublin, yeah. Right. And, and that, again, comes back to government issues. Government could solve that very quickly by looking at areas west of the Shannon and saying, hey, if American or multinational companies come here, you get 10, 20 years tax-free to set up here. To develop that area. Yeah, they're not going to care. If a, if a, a Google is looking to put a new uh, data center in west of the, the Shannon, they don't care you know, where it is as long as there's motorway access and airport. That's fine. That could create 100,000 jobs. Okay, let's stay there just a second. I want to get Dominic in very quickly before the break. Dominic here on Classic Kids. How you doing, Dominic? How's it going, Will? Uh, um, go ahead, Dominic. Yeah. Well, don't expect me to have all the answers, you know, or anything. It's a complex issue, and um, I don't think anybody has the ideal solution. Like, But I think, um, like, a lot of the... Like, there's a lot of single people that are looking for accommodation, and, um, you know, if it was, like, a temporary, cheap, affordable accommodation... That would be owned by the council. Um, Shared ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like uh, a family member of mine bought a house years ago. It was a uh, fifty-fifty. Um, with the uh, yeah, council. that was a great. That was a great scheme. It was a shared ownership scheme. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it enabled them to buy the house. But um, even for like myself, like I was on half um, up until December, and I haven't been on it now since um, since December. But uh, I was on it for three years, and the, anyway, the landlord ended up evicting me because I had a friend staying over for a couple of nights. But uh, I was a good tenant. I looked after the property. I had the room all spotless painted. He had a, a new tenant in within two weeks, and um, he changed the rent from four fifty per month to six hundred per month. Okay. And um, basically, yeah, it was something for me, like because that was that went to pay off his mortgage, but it didn't it didn't stop my situation. Like we didn't really have anywhere affordable to live. And then when I got evicted in December, it was a really struggle to find somewhere. Now I was very lucky. Like I got a So what you were kind of saying is the HAP scheme is only funding landlords to pay their mortgages. Yeah. And it, yeah. Didn't, it didn't give me any stability. Like I couldn't be in a relationship. or couldn't be with anybody. Now I know that, you know, it's two people in accommodation. Now I'm very lucky where I am. I've got a great landlord, uh, very fair rent. And um, it's a good location. Like for getting to work as well. It's near transport. But, you know, if there was like, there's plenty of fields around. Just put near public transport. Uh, like, mm-hmm. well, like, you're, you're right. It's a, it's a matter, and, and I'm sorry, I'm running short of time, Dominic, but it's a matter. I think Mick made a very good point of trying to decentralise and obviously develop other areas and do it over a long term plan where they would naturally develop. Listen, Mick, I have to uh, wrap it up. Thank you very much indeed. 
Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.